depression is a motherfucker. If you or someone you know needs help with mental health struggles, you can go to the National Alliance on Mental Illness website at NAMI.org or call the National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-8255 or just simply dial 988 for immediate help. At the lowest moments, remember it's the darkest before the dawn and there is help out there. You are not alone. You are now entering Nowhere, California. If you love what you hear, you can subscribe to us on all of your favorite podcast players. And if you can, please leave us a ranking and review. Also, if you like our ideas but hate our voices, you can get your Nowhere, California fix at NowhereCalifornia.com. And if you want to share your random thoughts or other bullshit, you can message us at Facebook.com slash NowhereCalifornia or Nowhere underscore California at Yahoo.com. Remember to listen irresponsibly, my friends. Ideas from everywhere, voices from nowhere since 2011. This is Nick. And this is Josh, and welcome to Nowhere, California. All together now. This is Halloween, this is Halloween. Pumpkin scream in the dead of night. That's as far as I know, but if you can't guess, it's Halloween. Yeah! And, Trick or treat, bitches! Oh, yeah. Sorry. And you know, with us, there's those episodes we always do. Yes. We have the wise, we have our anniversary episode, and we always have Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. I love Halloween. And it's just us here doing this. Yes. We are Sans Douglas yeah. tonight. No worries there, though. Um, his spirit's here because, fuck it, it's Halloween. If it's Halloween involved, he's somewhere in this Oh, room. yeah, he's somewhere here. Spirit's yeah. with us, for sure. Yeah. But um, before we get into the main topic, which is kind of a revisit... Um, you yeah, new... something that I didn't get a chance to do the first time around. Yes, yeah. but we'll go into that in a few moments. You yep. got a new place going and everything. I did. I just moved, and uh, I'm just... So, like, if you were to look at an area map of the high desert, I have found the path off the map. Okay, I was about to say, are you? do you think you're going to get some trick-or-treaters this year? Uh, absolutely not. And if we do... Uh, I'll probably have to call the police. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be more of like Dawn of the Dead going. <laughs> um, honestly, I love where we're at now. It's super, super quiet. It's it's a little bit of a drive into work, but um, it's a lot better than the commute up and down the hill, which, no offense, I know you have to make that. Yeah. But, um, Hopefully you know, changing that quickly, too. It's, it's something where we're not going to be prone to fires in the past, <coughs> weather conditions in the past, things like that, where... We just might get, get trapped down the hill. Yeah, yeah so you're just getting um, get trapped in the middle of nowhere. You know, and honestly, it's it's a it's a cool little place. Oh, we do have something very cool out there. We have a den of scorpions. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> they're actually really small, and the kids are super fascinated by it. Um, they and they're friendly out. too. They're nocturnal. They're super nocturnal. Yeah, they come out. You just give them they'll, little they'll, treats. They'll, they'll do your taxes. Yeah, and... that's you know. You just tell them, hey, can you can you give me a hand? And like, sure. They clean up. It's they they nice. help you move. So um, no, but they're they're small. The, the biggest one that I think I've seen out there is a little bit bigger than a quarter. Um, but they shine under UV light. Oh, wow. And I bought a UV, yeah, they, they glow in the dark. Oh, so wow. um, I bought a UV light to go searching for, like, mineral rocks and stuff like that with Lucy. And because I've been looking for that uranium glass uh, when you go to um, antique places. I know, I'm way the fuck off the rails here, oh, but yeah. here we go. So if you go to these antique shops and you take a UV light with you, some of the glass you find contains bits of uranium in it. Non-lethal, of course. 
But uh, if you shine a UV light on it, they glow like an eerie, ghostly green. Oh, wow. And I want to collect those and put some into uh, like a display case with a, with a black light or a UV light. So I bought that for it. And we went outside and I was showing the kids, watch what happens. Because they're pretty much, they blend in with the dirt. But as soon as you click that UV light on, they glow a neon greenish blue. So, Got to correct you on something with uh, how you were like, oh, I don't want to go off the rails. It's nowhere. We're going to go off the rails. Oh, uh, yeah, it's fair. That's and, fair. But back to what you were talking about with the ghostly glow and everything like that. It keeps, it keeps the topic. It does. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't so far off the rails. Yeah, but... Um, Actually, as far out as I am, it's probably like on a hand cart. Yeah. You know, maybe an old mine car kind of. Yeah, so like Indiana Jones. It's like, on some sort of rails. Yeah. But uh, we're going to go back a little bit on the rails. Uh, okay. A couple years back, uh, it was me, Doug, and Phil. We did a Halloween episode where we took non- horror movies and created them into a horror movie. I love this. Yeah, unfortunately, you weren't there for it. I was not. One of them, like, I think the th- three I did was Song of the South, mm-hmm. which shortly after that, our good friend Deshaun posted a really in-depth video about the history of Songs of the South, mm-hmm. and that made me go, I'm not joking about that shit ever again. <laughs> fuck. It's all right. It's all because right. Because after that, I'm like, fuck your Splash Mountain. I'm more than happy to see Frog. Well, per- now it's going to become Tiana's place. Yeah, yeah, which is well-deserved because fuck that shit. Movie. But, uh, yeah, I did Song of the South. I did uh, Johnny Cash vs. Zombies. Okay. Yeah, what was the third one I did? I don't remember. Well... Fuck, I don't remember, so I won't even bother. That's, that's all right. Hopefully uh, I won't Bill did something anybody. about Mr. Rogers, Reading Rainbow, and something I don't remember. Okay. And uh, Doug did Fraggle Rock, some weird Donald Trump thing. Dude, Fraggle Rock could be 100% terrifying. Oh, yeah, and uh, Flintstones. I okay. Think, yeah. But this time around, since we got you in here, we, we're going to switch it up because we're going to do the same thing where we're going to take non-horror movies and make them into horror, <laughs> but there's a little catch here. Okay. They're only allowed to be 80s movies. Yes. And Which, okay. fuck you, because I almost went with The Sandlot, Yeah. but that's 1993. Yeah. And I was like, god damn it. That well, could have been a great Cujo-esque sort of... Well, Doug was a little pissed about missing this, so we may do 90s next year. All right, all right. Yeah. I'm down. Um... But kind of kicker also, too, we're only going to do two this time. The third round is going to be a little bit different. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Okay. So right now we're going to go through our two picks of non-horror movies from the 80s that we're going to switch into horror movies. All right. I'll let you go first. All right. Fantastic. Let me pull up my notes because I sort of wrote some some liner notes here. Yeah. A troubled boy who was abandoned by his parents and raised himself on the kitschy world of 50s and 60s TV film. Uh, TV and film. Jesus, I can't even read my own stuff. Here we go. Uh, He pours his love into the last thing his parents bought him. His bike. Oh, shit. Apropos. Generally regarded regarded as a nice boy. Pee-wee's fragile psyche shatters when one fateful day his beloved bike is stolen. Pee-wee cuts a bloody swath from suburban Southern California to uh, the Alamo and back in search of his bike to take revenge on those who've wronged him. Pee-wee's big adventure. And that just reminded me of my third one that I did last time. Did you do Pee-wee's big adventure? No, I did Sleepless in Seattle. Oh my God! What a great fucking movie! Where Tom Hanks... uh, is suffering from massive insomnia, and his his son leaves him a note saying he's going to 
the Empire State Building to meet the love of his life or whatever. Right. The new, his new mom and yeah. stuff. During his trip, Tom Hanks' trip across country to get his son, people end up dead. And when they get to the Empire State Building, they tell Tom Hanks, like, no one's here. And he's like, what? I'm here to see my son. And someone that knows Tom Hanks is like, your son's been dead. Oh, the shit. The insomnia has just been... just snapped. And he's been killing people across country. Holy shit! But I back love to that. yours. I love that. So I I thought it was very apropos. You, like you, that was awesome. That one is a good choice. Thank you. I, I thought that was... The other ones are a little more long-winded. There are going to be more explanations of the film. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I've got to write some, you know, kind of Get a good catchy horror tag, you know? Yeah. Um, but with the passing of Paul Rubens this year and, you know, how much he means to us, I was like, there's no way that I'm going to let this slide. Yeah. There's no way I was going to let that and slide. And to let the listeners know, we're not going to let this year slide without having a PB Absolutely tribute. Not. Uh, no, let me correct that. We're not going to let this year slide without a Paul Rubens tribute episode. It's going to be Pee Wee, like but we got to love the man. I absolutely love that. Yeah. Um, he was our modern day Andy Kaufman. Mm-hmm. It's something that we're going to go over in detail. We've and always said the man life. told me in person that he met Andy. <sighs> God, I love that. <laughs> God, I love that. Two geniuses together. Oh, yeah. You know, um, it, we've always said that we would never put life, or we'd always put life before the microphone. So we've had to go through our various things, like we said, my move, all of this stuff. Yeah. There's just been a lot going on. But, but for we are him, not we going have to, to do it right. Yes, 100%. We want to make sure we're, we're pouring all of our love into the legend that was Paul Rubens. Yeah. So. And it begins with my conversion yeah. of Pee-wee's Big Adventure into yeah. a horror film. Which works really well. <laughs> Mine is kind of a, it will be kind of a throwback to kind of the 50s horror Genre. I like it. But it, it will be graphically violent. Ooh. It's Howard the Duck versus the Maniac Mallards of Mercury. Holy shit. Yeah. As Howard is kind of getting comfortable with his new life on Earth and everything, he gets a transmission from his home planet that everybody has been laid waste by the Maniac Mallards of Mercury. I.e. vampire mallards. Vampire ducks. Oh, shit. Because there's been a blood feud between that family and Howard's family for centuries. And they're hunting Howard down. And since Howard's on Earth, the Mallards are coming to Earth to attack. I want to see this so fucking bad. Yeah. I want to see this so and, bad. And just, it, it'll be just graphically violent with vampire ducks and blood just everywhere. <laughs> Oh, my God. Just feathers and blood. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And every time they mention, like, the maniac mallards of Mercury, they're like, what the fuck is that? Is like, bikers or what? And Howard will look deadpan in camera like, vampire ducks. <laughs> it's such a great thing, especially since he's popped up in the Marvel films now. Oh, yeah. I think it'd be such a great little, like, side piece thing to do. Oh, yeah. And especially cool. with, like, like a throwback to the 50s horror genre. Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Would you have any moments where it, like, leads into the thing, like, backstory in black and white? Oh, yeah, sort of, totally. Yeah, awesome. I love oh, yeah. that. Flashback through time. I love that. That's so cool. Because it's a blood feud. Yeah. My second choice was a movie that I loved growing up. And I'll give you kind of a lead in here. Okay. A group of elderly friends living in a South Florida retirement community spend their days playing bridge, listening Fuck. to Glenn Miller, and on occasion, you're expecting the Golden Girls. It's no. I know what this is. <laughs> they sneak into an abandoned estate to swim in the pool undisturbed. 
undisturbed, that is, until one day they discover several egg-like rocks in the pool. Undeterred, the friends continue to swim, and they find they are feeling youthful and more vibrant, the strength of their youth returning to them seemingly overnight. One particular night, they are discovered by a group of strange tourists who capture one of the octogenarian and, be, uh, and beats them nearly to death. The others return with police to confront them, but find that the place is deserted once again and the pool house chained shut. After being dismissed as having dementia, the now invigorated elders return in secret and discover the assailants are not of this world. Their secret lies within those eggs, and the elders are determined to expose these aliens. They are soon discovered, and now the elders must fight for their lives and the safety of humanity. Aided by this unexpected strength and stamina, and with the help of a dive boat owner who was left for dead by these invaders, the elders embark on a quest Played to stop... Played by Steve Gunberg. That's right! Yeah. The goot! These elders embark on a quest to stop the aliens and discover the secret of... The cocoon. Fucking shit, deep cut, nice. <laughs> Audible high five. <laughs> nice. I like uh. it. Yeah, I was just like, man, what am I going to go? There's so many, like, Mac and Me was one of my... Oh, God, yeah. I was like, that's an obvious choice, you know. E.T. is too easy to go with, but I was all fucking cocoon. That could have been such a hard left. Oh, yeah. That could have been such a hard left. Wilford Brimley just kicking ass. (laughs) Yeah, and I was like, you know, this is badass, just watching Wilford Brimley out there just punching the fuck out of some alien with all this youthful vigor all of a sudden. And wasn't he in his fucking 30s when they made that movie? (laughs) Something like that. He was young for... Yeah, I'm the, telling for the you, role, if like, you, it, it was like eternally old. Like, if you, Paul I know. Rudd's like eternally young. Yes, and he's eternally old. That fucker lived until like mid to like mid 2010s. He was on Craig Ferguson's show. Yeah, like he ran into him like at a Whole Foods or something. Unbelievable how yeah. long that guy lived. But uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's that's funny. He's kind of like the reverse engineered. Yeah, you know, uh, Paul Rudd. Yeah. That's, that was a good choice. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate uh, it. My final uh, round for this uh, aspect of the show, um, we kind of, I kind of gave you a little bit of a hint of it because we watched the Wrath of Becky trailer. Okay. And I'm just kind of going to roll with it. It's Trip Beverly Hills. Shut the fuck up. Shelly Duvall. Yeah. Or Shelly Long. Sorry. Shelly Long. Long. Shelly Long. Uh, basically, my tweak to it would be. It starts out just as any 80s comedy where the girls are gathering to go to the jamboree and uh-huh. everything. But one of the troop members brings her cousin along who had been living with her dad for several years but now is living with uh-huh. them. She lived out in Wyoming, kind of off the grid and everything. And they go to the jamboree and everything where the jamboree is attacked by a bunch of psychos. And this is where the cousin gets to shine because she's a survivalist oh shit like Ratha Becky she starts annihilating the psychos that's amazing and protecting everybody like there's gonna be some casualties and everything but sure but we'll just call her Becky for this aspect Becky sets up traps and everything it's kind of a mix of Becky Ratha Becky and like you're next or it's just amazing. booby traps and all that shit. Kind of a I spit on your grave sort yeah, of. Yeah, <laughs> just annihilation of the bad guys That's where it's amazing. like, fuck you. <laughs> well, fuck, we went through that shit fast. Yeah, that, that, that actually kind of fucking rocketed by. Yeah, where's Doug when you need him to ramble? You know, what's, what's funny is... It, I know he doesn't listen to this, so... <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know, honestly... It's, it'd be uh, that one time, he's like, I'm going to listen to the Halloween episode. <laughs> I don't ramble, Nick rambles. I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, son of a bitch. Fuck you guys. Uh, 
But, um... Yeah, we fucking... We just kind of rampaged through that shit. Yeah. Well, like, normally I would have, like, more laid out and everything, but I'm fucking tired. <laughs> well, you know what? We've all been working our asses off. I'm still settling into the new place. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had to take a small commuter flight to get over here. Yeah. Uh, I just jumped out of the plane before I got to Ontario you got the, hit the, the You hit the Greyhound. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. You I know. saw one of those coming home from work the other day. Isn't that fucking weird when you see one now? Yeah. It's like seeing a cab in, in anywhere outside of a major metropolitan area. You just go, yeah. what? It, it, there's part of me that wants to book my head in to see what it is like in there because my family used to take the Greyhound to Oklahoma. All you have to do is just close your eyes, let them open that door, and take a deep breath. Yeah. And you go, oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah. get it. It, it's where hope goes to die. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, it's you like know what? If you don't want the convenience, if you want to save a few bucks and you don't want the convenience of getting from point A to point B in a few hours, you'd rather do it in a few days, I give you Graham. It's like how Dave Attell puts it. You wonder why terrorists never attack a bus station? They walk in and look around going like, oh, someone already hit this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is going to be redundant. Yeah, exactly. Yep. It's like yeah. that line from, uh, uh, was it The Dark Knight? When he's like, you know... You, you, you kill a kill a, bu- a truck full of soldiers and nobody bats an eye, but you shoot one mayor. You know, sort of. That oh, speaking stuff. of which, we can th- I can throw this out to you because I haven't talked to you about okay. this yet. I recently went and saw Dark Knight in theaters again. Oh, that's right, you did. And there was an aspect to it where I I don't think I told you about. Hmm. The scene where Joker does the pencil trick. Yeah. With the mob. Yeah. After he does it, someone off camera goes, "You're crazy," and the only time you really hear Joker kind of talk like a human he's like no i'm not yeah it's it is my single favorite line now i know what you're talking about because i have this i have this thing and, and you share we, this we with talked me too. about it. i love little moments yeah little moments within the film chunks oh shit what when he complete you know like completely folds um space balls when he goes, search her ship, and he goes, you've all got helmet. Yeah. And he just fucking turns his head slowly to look at him, that giant noggin. It's the little things that make me take notice. That was absolutely, hands down, my favorite scene in the entire movie. Oh, yeah. Right after that pencil trick, he goes, how much do you want? It's the Russian mobster. He goes, how much do you want? And he goes, uh, half. And that's when um, Gamble, I think, uh, says, you're crazy. And he goes, not. No, I'm not. And it's very enunciated and very, and he just locks eyes. And I was all, son of a bitch. You probably know this little moment from it, too, where Michael Caine, when Joker attacks the party. Uh Uh-huh. Michael Caine was supposed to have lines. Yes. But he had not seen Heath Ledger in full gear. No, it fucking startled him. And he was just like. Like this. Yep. It absolutely fucking wrecked him. He was like, whoa. Um, it, there's there's a great moment where um, I'm spacing his name right now. Uh, Two-Face. Um, uh, Aaron Eckhart. Aaron Eckhart. Okay. It's so a good performance, too. Amazing performance. What happened to him? So here's, the, here's my problem with this. That was never a Batman movie. Oh, like, yeah, we at know. first yeah. it's a Joker film, then it's a Harvey Dent film, then it's a Two-Face film, then it's a Gordon film. Like, there's so many different people that it goes through before it's a Batman movie. Yeah. And this was truly the first time where Batman was behind the eight ball the whole time. Like, he was trying to play catch up the whole film. Oh, yeah. But there's a great interview where Aaron Eckert talks about 
his moment where he's in the hospital, his first moment on set with Heath. And he's in the hospital, and they they were there for a few hours getting ready to do the scene, and he's just kind of laid up in the bed and doing his thing. And Heath Ledger comes in, and he doesn't say a word for like an hour and a half, two hours. He just kind of... <laughs> to himself. And it brought something out in Eckert, watching him do this manic movement that created this rage for him too so that he could turn it on when when it came to their scenes where they're speaking to one another. And he's like, and he ad-libbed the line, he's like, do I look like a guy with a plan? I'm just a, just a dog chasing cars. I wouldn't know what to do if I caught one. You know, like, yeah. he just ad-libbed that stuff. He says his presence on set was so inspiring just from his presence alone. Not from his performance, from everything that he did once he was in makeup. It was just unreal. So if you get a chance, take a listen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, take and a listen. Then, but then also, too, uh, I know on past episodes, our uh, prodigal son, Phil, mm-hmm. has issue with Two-Face's look where it's all open and everything. Remember how yeah. Phil, like, really yeah, raged he's not, it. Yeah, yeah. Watching it again, though... I was like, that's the closest to the TV animated Two Face we can get in live action, and well, hundred percent, yeah. And it was it like I watched, I was watching it, and like, there's no issue here. No, I had no it problem feels with it. Right now, going motherfucker, I know. Back. Fuck you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I had no issue at all with the way that they did Aaron Eckert's face. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and the fact that they kind of combine an element of the animated series, um, Mr. Freeze, where it was the loss of his love and that nobody, nobody oh, yeah. did a goddamn thing. And, they, or at least I in want, his belief. I want another shot at a Mr. Freeze live action. I 100% agree. And I want I them to take it completely agree. from the animated series. Um, I, I believe we'll get that at some point with James Gunn. Oh, yeah. Um... You know, we, we have our we have our new Superman. Uh, did they announce the new Batman yet? No, not yet. No, he's still it, running kind of with Ben Affleck with a lot of stuff. Uh, he's still no, making he, appearances. He, no, he, he's done. He has said he is done. He's officially done? Yeah. Right so, now, uh, Matt Reeves will continue with the Elseworld Batman. See, and the only time that I really hope we see anything further than that is if Matt Reeves' Joker, or uh, Matt Reeves' Batman... Meets up with Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. It it could be interesting. I think it would be an interesting mashup to see those two together, yeah, especially with the age difference. And they're going to have to be old man Joker with it. Oh, a hundred percent. Which would 100%. be very interesting. Um, Even have a, make it where it's Joker's son with Lady Gaga's. Um, That's with, with Lady I Gaga. I can't wait for the trailer for I'm this. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with that. Yeah. Because that was such a social commentary on mental health issues here in in the United States and the world at large. Oh yeah. But it also, they did such a phenomenal job of making us feel like they're turning him into an anti-hero. Yeah. And then you get the to Joker. the end and you're like, oh, it's not, he's not an anti-hero. He's the and Joker. That, was, that was my biggest problem. Was I was like, no, no, you can't make him a beacon of hope. You can't redeem him. You can't make him, well, it's a, like Mark he Bernard has to and, remain a villain. Mark Bernard said it perfectly. Joker is a force of nature. Yes, 100%. I've, I've said from long ago, that Batman has a superpower, and his superpower is being the Deus Ex Machina. Like he is the ghost he's of the, the machine. He's the god in the machine. 
Yeah. He is the one who can come up with the plan to solve just about everything. And Joker is the perfect balance because his superpower, nobody ever talks about it and it's not chartable, is he has comedic timing. He always is in the right place, at the kind of like Domino yeah. in Deadpool. Yeah. Um, he's in the right place at the right time to carry out whatever plan he needs to do to its fullest. And he knows exactly, that's why he's so drawn that's why I never wanted a backstory of Joker. I never wanted a. There's two characters in, in comic book history that I've never wanted a backstory for Wolverine, which unfortunately we got, and Joker. Which we they're got. so much. Yeah, they're so much better when they're. Now, they, they did the right thing with Joker because in, in, in the film with Joaquin, um, he is a failed stand up comedian, yeah. clown sort of thing. You know, like he is humiliated and snaps. Um, but as we got our more modern interpretation, I love that he just appears out of nowhere. Like, I don't know, we, nobody knows who this guy is. Oh, yeah. And that's like when you coming back full circle to you seeing Dark Knight. That's the kind of joke you got. Oh, yeah. We have no idea. There's no prince. And, and we, nobody has any idea who he is. Nothing. And that's the reason why I think Heath Ledger's Joker is probably the, probably the best. You know, it's, I would agree with that. Um, I, I think I might have told you this. It was a funny story that my oldest kid, Devin, watched. 89 Batman after he saw Dark Knight. Ah. And he'd never seen Jack Nicholson's performance. Yeah. So he, you know, he multiple times had seen Heath Ledger as the Joker was like, he's so fucking good. Oh, yeah. And then watched, we sat down and watched the Blu-ray 89 Batman, and he went, what the fuck? Why have I never seen this? He goes, that's the best Joker I've ever seen in my life. So I actually revisited it recently and watched it. I was like... Jack Nicholson's performance alone when he's sitting there with uh, um, the, the guy that he shakes hands with and electrocutes yeah. him to death, one of the mob bosses. Yeah. And then he has the dialogue with his corpse. Yeah. Where they're communicating back and forth. You never hear the corpse, but he does. And I was like, this is fucking brilliant. And he may be onto something there. Like, it, just go oh, back yeah. and revisit that. And it's just such... They're two different Jokers for sure, but... Okay, uh, stepping our toes into the water of Batman 89. Yeah. Did you listen to the episode where me and Doug talked about something I noticed in 80, the '89 Batman? Uh, maybe. What's the yeah, and I think we did. I talked to you about it, and we haven't really talked about it on the mic. What's that? I'll go with the later part first. Uh-huh. When they're in Vicky Vale's apartment, uh-huh. and it's Bruce and Jack, Joker, more Jack because he has the skin color makeup going. Yeah, comes in and realizes, oh. Another hit, uh, rooster in the hen house, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And then as he's getting ready to shoot Bruce, he's like, you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Yeah. And Bruce is like, what? It's not really confusion. To me, it's realization. Yes, 100%. Yeah, because he's like, wait. Yeah, it all comes you're, together. You're alive. Okay. Yep, it all comes together. Go back mm-hmm. to when, they, uh, when Jack raids the chemical plant. Mm-hmm. And... Falls over the railing and everything, and Batman catches him, but notices a glint in his eye. Mm-hmm. He's like, "You're Jack. You're the one that killed my parents." He doesn't. He doesn't slip. He lets go. Un- to me, unconsciously, Batman lets him go because it's like, "You killed my parents. Fucking die." That's a straw. I'm gonna have to go back and watch that again and, and take a look at that scene specifically. Yeah, yeah because because in my head I want to argue and say no, because it looks like Batman's really trying to bring him in. But you may be right. Yeah, you may be right. 
Uh, to quote Billy Joel, you may be right. Yeah. But you may be crazy. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, no. I've never said I'm saying <laughs> So, this is what we call filler, folks. We realized we rocketed through the first two, and now we're uh, talking pop culture. Yeah. Uh, well, you mentioned Spaceballs before we really d- dive into the finale of this, because we, we filled enough time. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think this is going to be uh, The Great Pumpkin Knows How to Fill Time, Charlie Brown. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Good title. Um, you know Rob Paulson is in Spaceballs? I'm trying to, sorry, there was a long pause, which fucking sucks for podcasts, but yeah. this is my thinking silence. Yeah. Uh, after, let me After Dark Helmet smashes into uh-huh. the board, after ludicrous speed, one of the space balls is Rob Paulson, the voice of Yakko, Pinky. Really? Raphael. I learned that recently, like, online. I'm going to have to look He, he, he pointed out in a picture, I'm like, the fuck? And then that made me want to watch it. Because then I watched it and clear as day. Because Rob has that certain face, his eyes. You can tell it's him. Yeah. Yeah, he's very recognizable. And it's like not only by voice, but by face. You're absolutely right. So that lucky bastard. Was in a Mel Brooks film. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, I'm going to have to lucky bastard and genius. The dude uh, listen, is a saint. We, and, and I hate saying this because I know he's in his 90s now and all this stuff. I know he's not much longer for oh. this world. I hope that we can get, I hope that we can get some type of Spaceballs 2. Oh, we will. Um, even if it's, I know they talk about doing an animated one. Yeah. Well, they, um, they've done an animated. Yeah. But it I was mean, for like, G4. Yeah. So, but I mean, like doing a, a full feature film, oh, yeah. you know, like that, if that's the, the way Spaceballs they want to go search with it. for more money. Um, I love that idea. Yeah. I, I really, really hope they follow through with it. Oh. But I'm, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say this, you know, because I've been talking about him a lot lately. We don't, we, we're not going to see another Mel Brooks, possibly not in our lifetime. Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of people are hoping he reaches 100. But honestly, if he doesn't, he made it to 2,000. You know, he's... He's such a phenomenal, phenomenal comedian. Right over your head. I did go right over my fucking head. I'm sorry. I'll repeat it. Yeah, go ahead. A lot of people hope he reaches 100, but he's already made 2,000. 2,000 year old man. Oh, that's right. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. This was really one of those moments I wish it was a video podcast. Yeah. Because it was a video podcast because the realization just like, just. Soaked through Nick's face. You ever have one of those moments where somebody's talking about something and you're like, oh, "What the fuck are they talking about?" And then they they say something and your brain just goes, "You fucking moron! <laughs> How did you not know what he was saying?" That was one of those moments, and it literally showed on my face. So, time for the finale. Something different. Something uh, that randomly nice. popped in my head at work because at first we we're going to just do three '80s movies, but then this idea came to mind. This is, okay, so before we get to that, I really love how we just kind of we gave him a little bit in the beginning, and then we switched to some foreplay, and then we're right back at it, man. Here we go. As I smack the shit out of my mind. <laughs> That's the second time I fucked up a cable in your room tonight. Okay, this idea came to mind at work because I have to keep my mind off of what's going on because I will want to go insane, or more insane, depending on the person that is listening to this. Um <laughs> Like I said, we were going to do three 80s movies, but then the idea came to, let's do some re-engineering. Let's reverse engineer this. Yeah. We're going to pick a horror movie from any era and then make it a non-horror movie. We can make it a family-friendly movie, comedy, romantic comedy, 
Whatever. <laughs> you mean like, uh, you know, Jason comes back from the dead to teach the kids the misfortunes of bullying and and premarital sex and all of that stuff? Well, you kind of hit mine right there. Well, shit. Yeah, no worries. I can just jump into mine then. Well, no, I'm not going to add any of that crap because all right. mine... I'm just going to say it like I I planned. just mind reverse it, roll it back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to roll with what I was going to say. Okay. A uh, single mom tells her son that she got a job at a summer camp, and he gets to go to camp for free. Kind of freaks the kid out because he's a little awkward. He's disabled. He's not really great around people just because he's been kind of closed off and everything. But this is going to be summer camp, so he gets to go. Hang out with kids and everything, and maybe this Friday the 13th, Jason will be lucky in friendship. Aww. Yeah. And then this randomly popped in my head today. Kid star a young Eric Stoltz and uh, Cher as Mrs. Voorhees. <laughs> Jesus. Since he has such knowledge in playing a slightly deformed young man. Yeah. For people that are wondering what the fuck I'm talking about, mask. mask. Rocky Dennis. Rocky Dennis. Yeah. 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 <laughs> people are looking at their... Cher could probably just play the young mom and the old mom because she really hasn't aged all Yeah, lot. pretty much. But She's like, kind of the Paul Rudd of music. Pretty much. Or is Paul Rudd the Cher of acting? My head hurts. I know. Sorry. But uh, people are looking at their whatever they listen to their podcast going like, did they just make a mask reference? And it wasn't Jim Carrey? <laughs> Right. That's the truth. People are like, what the fuck? I don't remember Eric Stoltz or Cher being in the mask. Look it up. Yeah. <laughs> Show your feelings to the world. It's not the mask. It's just mask. mask. And With not a... Mobile Armored Strike Command, the cartoon from the oh, 80s, God. which needs to be a fucking live action. Show. Yeah. Uh, Chris Christopherson was also in mask. Yes. Uh, I believe so. No, it was... Uh, um, uh, Sam Elliott. Yeah, Sam Elliott. Yeah. Played they the... look the same. You bite your tongue, sir. <laughs> Sam Elliott is a goddamn chiseled man. He is a, he is a man's man. God. He, was, he wasn't even birthed. He was plucked from the chest of John Wayne and grown. <laughs> Take that fucking silky voice of his came from. My favorite lines ever, man, from Roadhouse. How you doing there, mijo? <laughs> but drop my voice and bass quite a bit. I'll try. Yep. Now your turn. All right. Uh, I did a huge deep dive on this motherfucker. Yeah. Um, so you thought my cocoon was a deep dive. It was I, nice. That was a good dive. This one is my, my fucking voyage to the Titanic may implode. Uh, too soon? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay. Best buds and terminal nerds, Glenn and Terry, do everything they can to be cool to no avail. Left home for a weekend with Glenn's older sister, they try and play records backwards to find the hidden meanings after some metalheads at school claim they found a way to unleash demons by doing the same. Glenn and Terry rush out to the local record store to buy this legendary metal record. They rush home, light black candles and don black fingernails, and yes, wear black robes, sheets. And they set out to unleash hell. As a windstorm rages outside and the sky darkens, Terry takes the record, places it on the record player, and begins to spin it backwards. Lightning strikes outside, toppling the big gnarled tree in their backyard, and the lights go out. Once the lights come back on, they realize nothing has happened, but the next morning they discover a hole where the tree had fallen over. Completely defeated, the boys go out to do their weekend chores, only to discover they're already done, and the backyard looks professionally landscaped. 
Confused, they climbed the stairs to their room, only to discover dozens of small gray creatures cleaning the room and making their beds. Now, this is where I just stopped my writing where I was going. This is from the 1986 or 87 movie, The Gate. What the fuck? <laughs> it was a movie where these kids took this metal record, played it backwards, it unleashes hell, this tree topples over, and all of these little demonic creatures come out. The little demons that... that threatened to take over the earth and they can kind of form together they just create oh, wow, it was like a weird gremlin sort of thing with I stop think you motion. hit an artery on that deep I'm cut. telling you <laughs> so the way this whole thing was going to play out is that after they you know find out find them making their their beds they, the creatures scatter and all this stuff and they find out that the only way they can communicate with them is by recording their voices and playing their voices backwards on a cassette to hear what they're saying. And it turns out they are demons, but all they had to do was play the record forward and it would have unleashed hell. But because they played it backwards, it made them all do fucking good shit instead of bad shit. So they it reversed their their whole purpose for Audible being high there. five again. Thank <laughs> you. So they wind up cleaning the shit out of the house, you know, taking and, and the whole time Terry and Glenn are trying to keep them away from their fucking sister. And all hell starts to break loose because they're they're so good at what they do. There's nothing left, so they just start taking it upon themselves to try to do good deeds. And they're running around like the sisters asleep. They decide to cut her hair, and the, the brothers get blamed for it. And then they go over and they find the dog shaved, like groomed, shaved, and, and shit just going crazy. They go over and they they intentionally start breaking things so that they can fix stuff. And now they find out that they have to go through a whole other ritual, play this thing in reverse, which will put them back in this hole. And seal it forever. Oh wow! Yeah, so kind of like a weird Care Bear film. Nice, nice. Yeah, uh, yeah seriously, I think next this may be our Halloween tradition going forward because I think we need to do '90s next year. I think so. Yeah, I, I remember last year we talked about doing the theme park thing and whatnot. That's it. Okay, I still want to visit that. I do too. I but, still. But that one that. is definitely one to have across the board. Yeah, I agree. It has to I be agree. everybody here. Everybody has to be here for that, otherwise we don't do it at all. Yeah, um, and that's the reason we didn't do it this year. Which which always cracks me up, because when we have Doug here with us, we do this thing where you'll drop yours, and we feel real strong, and I drop mine, I feel real strong, and then he comes out the gates with some shit, and I'm like, the fuck did that come from? Why aren't you designing parts? Yeah, and then, like, vice versa, too. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know, This this is... This is cool. I'm glad I get to sit on, on this oh, one. Oh, yeah, definitely. For sure. um, this is absolutely fun because you get to really dismantle movies that you love. And it's it's hard to find... Like, I was like, how do you make... <laughs> how do you make Freddy Krueger a, a fucking family-friendly movie? Well, that's the thing. Like, the Friday the 13th one was the first thing that popped in my head when yeah. I got the idea. And I was like, no, I'm going to roll with that. Because I was thinking I would try to find a deep-cut one, too. But I was like, you know what? No, I kind of like Awkward Kid Going to Camp. I thought about doing kind of like a Ready Player One version of Hellraiser. Oh, nice. Where, where you have to solve the puzzle, you know, sort of thing. Um, there's a couple of ideas that I'd bounce around with. Oh, but there was one idea. I'm claiming Sandlot right now. This is, uh, I yeah. just licked Sandlot, so. Oh, like, I told you off, Mike, I won't go into detail on what I was going to do with it, but, like, one of the movies I was going to make into a horror movie was She's Out of Control. And it was... <laughs> you don't even have to change the title. Yeah, but uh, some of my ideas for it would have been highly offensive. Oh, I've already got... The wheels are turning. Yeah. Ten things I hate about you. Oh, yeah, we're going to have some fun with Oh, this. my God, that's yeah, going to th- be Yeah, this is going to be the new Halloween tradition. 
Ooh, I think I'm... All right. Yeah, yeah, we'll do I'm going to keep it to myself. I'm going to keep it to myself. We'll do another reverse engineer, too. Oh, I've, I've, that's where my head went right now. Yeah. Go ahead and throw it out. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Hey, I mean, it's already kind of family-friendly and, and funny, but it's still kind of a tongue-in-cheek horror film. Very true. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, the wheels are turning now. So. Okay. Well, we're going to shut up because... I gotta get this edited. <laughs> yeah, and you gotta get some sleep, motherfucker. Oh, God, yeah. Well, that's the dumb thing. I came home to take a nap before this. Yeah. Didn't sleep at all. This guy's literally got the firecracker lit at both ends. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting close to about, maybe about 40 to 45 more minutes being up for a 24-hour straight. Jesus Christ. You're gonna make me smother you with a pillow just to get you to go to sleep. And I'm gonna be hitting some CBD and some z and... I'll give you a little kiss on the forehead and Oh, tuck yeah, tuck in. me in and hand me my Grover. <laughs> thought he, I thought you were gonna say hand me. Like, yeah. give me a hammy. Yeah. I was like, hell yeah. We'll do oh. that, and then I'll hand you the Grover. We'll get off mic for that. But um, <laughs> for now, with that being said, this has been Josh. And this has been Nick. And as always, be, be excellent, excellent to, to each, each other. other. And don't forget, as always, candy corn sucks. Hey, fuck you.